Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even in trial, I was going to do look at my life. Look at my life. Look at my life. Or or what? Or, or what? what? Or what? Yeah, that's probably better. Look at my life is kind of mean, even though she's potentially a criminal. Or what if you just did like her one of her in, her own intros? Like, uh, did we do for the housewives one? Did we do I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash? I can't remember what we did for the housewives one. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash and lawsuits. You're listening to Bandwagons. Welcome there were back. so many there. What? There were so many there for the first so, time. Yeah, yeah. he's fine. Shane, as always, we give him nothing but material to work with. So you're welcome. What are we even paying you for? He's he's He listens for his own entertainment. He loves that. He loves the crack. Did you catch the 98 FM this week? Um, yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, like, no, I, totally I forgot. Not that, not that I forgot, but like obviously I didn't tune in because we listened. To, it was the debut episode. We hear enough of our own on, voices in our head. They, they do a thing on the Sunday nights where it's goal out select, so they pick a podcast that's within the goal out library and they play it on the radio, which is gas. And Lauren Carter texted me and she was like, "I literally just turned into 98FM and you were. I just heard you effing and blinding, and I had no idea what was going on. I was like, "Yeah, that was us. Oh shit, yeah, that was the debs on 98FM." We can now. It was after oh. the watershed. Probably not as much as we did. I don't yeah, I get a load of complaints. That, that episode. I feel yeah, like that's... we're whispering. Yeah, I was going to say, welcome to the late night hour. If you're wondering where <laughs> our voices are, low, we are uh, recording parts of this in the wee hours. And... We just had a two hour sleep. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I went to lay down for like 40 minutes and then I set the alarm because you know that they say that if like if, if you're going to do a nap you need to do it in like yeah, 40 minute cycles or whatever I don't know if that's bullshit we should do an episode on sleep yeah wouldn't that be good yeah. you do an episode on race day just I'm just saying it here for accountability what if we should do an episode on race day like like Debs but like the races 
I have no, we did not have that. Like, no, like Sydney no, sports like. No, in college there was race day, you know. Like race day, like, we never went. But like the like race student. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, but like good. people go and get locked. I'd say there'd be good stories at it. Or Sorry, sleep. I literally thought like you, you meant like Cork City Sports and then I thought you meant like student council. Do you mean like community games? Sense. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if we can, like neither of us are not <laughs> athletic. Like, I, don't, I just like, community games, gas, excuse like. you. We used to have a thing called Jimmy Sports um, in like the little tiny like neighbourhood that I grew up in and you'd go up, like there was like a tiny little park, like not even a park, it was just like a little patch of grass on the end of a road. And on a Wednesday evening, you'd go up and this man called Jimmy would have this like little sports day on for all the kids that lived around there. And you'd give him like two euro and you'd be allowed into Jimmy's sports and you'd do like all these different types of races and all. But like, it was just literally something to do to keep you entertained for a couple of hours. Uh, evening. My mom would be like, go on up to Jimmy's sports there. I'd be up in a minute. And you'd be like, that's, that sounds like such a money launder in front or something. Oh, Jimmy sports. Someone only reminded me that's what it was called recently and I wanted to die. Jimmy Sports. What the hell? Just because a man called Jimmy and it was a sports day. Jimmy Sports. <laughs> Jimmy Sports. Um, I was going to say something else there. It's totally gone out of my head. Um, yeah, we're talking about Erica Jane. Let's get into our introduction because we did talk about this on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode with Louise, which we did earlier this year. But this was kind of at the We were very careful about like, it. Well, I don't think we fully understood because you were like, I, I can't wait to see it. And then afterwards I was like, oh no, Brie doesn't know that like there's potentially some, but even then, even when I was thinking it, I was like, maybe actually is it a possibility? Because it was like, all I knew was that it was like, obviously they were divorcing and people were questioning why. And there was a legal thing. And then it was like pulling a string and just everything unraveled. Yeah. And obviously we've watched it like, yeah, no, I had no idea. And I remember you saying, like, I think we need to be careful here. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I just, well, no, because I just didn't want it to seem like, because you were, you meant it. Yeah, I was just, I was very flippant about it because I just had just no like, idea what was going on. In a parallel <laughs> universe. Like, uh, in a parallel universe, if she hadn't robbed loads of children. Yes, I would love to see her date. Like, I, would I still, I still want to see her date. And I still think she could, she will date on the show. Or she could potentially, if she doesn't go to prison, date on the show. She was trying to shag um, Army Hammer, I think. Or like trying to like kind of oh, see he's there. Well, clearly, yeah. But anyway, um, but, but okay. But let's talk about like our introduction to her. In So in terms That's of the franchise, you, yeah, you watched and got like way ahead of me initially. And like, mm. I knew of Erica from like, the, like watching like Housewives adjacent people or like people who actively watched Housewives. But I didn't really know of her. And then to watch her in the franchise, I think she embodied everything that like, everything that people like about Beverly Hills, like yeah. the money, the glamour, like the kind of not being any way apologetic about the money and the wealth. The fucking, the fact that her and Tom had this really young relationship. The fact that she just moonlighted as this fucking gay dance icon mm. singer and just used her husband to like bankroll that. It was, it was That's fascinating. Close. Like, yeah. yeah. I think as well, I suppose, when she came in, when she came into it, she felt a lot younger than the rest of them, even though she wasn't. She kind of like, she kind of stayed young for a lot longer than Kyle or any of them did, you know? Well, I just think it was because her lifestyle was so different to that of the other housewives. You know what I mean? Yeah, she didn't have young kids or anything. Like she just, like, she, was, she was just all focused on herself. 
we, <laughs> clearly, yeah. we saw Tom like a handful of times since she joined in 2015. But I suppose it was just like, it was such a different life to the other housewives. And I think that's why it was like, kind of hard not to take your eye off her purely again from an aesthetic like glam perspective if you were anyway interested in that obviously yeah and like there's this theory that like when she joined the cast and this theory that like the cast felt like they had to like really elevate their looks because of what she was bringing to the table now yeah probably that's that's over because Dorit didn't really come in as like a fashion icon at the very start and Dorit is now like I feel like trying to Dorit is the moment now yeah well like yeah I think she's trying to fill that space that I think Erica has kind of left vacant because of everything that's gone on yeah yeah it is a real fall from grace isn't it yeah so fashion wise to give to give some background right we're assuming if you're listening to this you have a vague understanding but if you don't like Erica Girardi has been a main player on the Real House since 2015 uh, married to Tom Girardi they're currently going through a divorce he, he is was big... he was uh, the guy in Aaron Brockovich yeah was it yeah um in a notable case against Pacific Gas yes this is the one in against Pacific Gas and Electric the utility company agreed to pay 460 million dollars to 650 residents of the desert community of Hinkley California the residents blamed incidences of cancer and other diseases on contaminated water leaked from a gas pumping station. The case inspiration for the film Aaron Brockovich starring Julia so Roberts. Is he, is he the the man in Aaron Brockovich that like hires her when she's like... I've never seen Aaron Brockovich in the fully honest. But I keep I've been I trying to get Mark to watch it for the last few weeks and I just don't know why people are turning off it. It's such a good movie. Basically, she shows up to this law firm and she just starts working there and she's like, I work for you now. Left to give me a job. Because she's really, really in need of a job. And your man's like, no, I was no, going up to Shane's office. Yeah, she was like, I, no, no, I have like no positions available. And she was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, blah, blah, blah. This is why. Um, this he... is all the shit you're not doing. And then there's like a little old man in Aaron Brockford, basically, and he's angry. I wonder if that's supposed to be talking he, about. He was an advisor on the film and he did on doing the movie, said that particular case revolutionized people thinking about all the toxic things they're exposed to. Uh, in 2003, he received the honor of being inducted into the Trial Lawyer Hall of Fame by the California State Bar. Um, she was waitressing at one of his favorite hotspots, Chasen's. Uh, a year later, she decided to give him her phone number. There was kind of a bit of back and forth. You can, I you can a secretary to set up, like to reach out to people for you. A shag. Six month relationship. Then <laughs> Erica uh, and himself got engaged, uh, married in January 1999. Yeah, so then it was like, so the divorce, I think, was announced around the election. Yeah, yeah, it was the day of. It was the day of the election. And some people think that was deliberate to try and kind of like bury the news. Yeah. And again, I remember now this was before. I still don't think I was fully caught up at this point. When did we record it release Sherry? It was after Christmas, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was after Christmas. Because you were like, I'm going to stab you in the nuts. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Because we started it in like March or something. I know, I know. Like a full lockdown. What was I doing? Pick my hole. Um, I don't, anyway. I threatened violence. Yeah, so I, I just remember again watching kind of the ripple effects of people who actually watched and kind of seeing their reactions I thought was really interesting where there seemed to, ge- there seemed to be this genuine shock about it because as much as like it was really unconventional I think the majority of like 
housewives fans thought that they were legit or that like at the very least they like had a strong friendship or like a strong respect for each yeah. other or yeah, kind of yeah a good setup there like it was an under- mutual understanding yeah it, that it wasn't like there was love there yeah if it was uh, true do, love how do we define that love the jury very much still remains out on that but yeah it, it, there genuinely seemed to be a sense of shock I suppose because I mean they were together that long she wanted to leave beforehand she could have I suppose um and then as it turns out they ended up being hit with this lawsuit uh, in December of that year so 2020 last year um which essentially accused them of embezzling settlement funds intended to help the families of Lion Air Flight 610 uh the victims there in federal court documents obtained by Us Weekly, the class action firm Edelson PC claimed that the estranged couple's divorce is a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money and that they are on the verge of financial collapse and locked in a downwards mounting debts and dwindling funds. Erica and Tom uh, have not immediately commented on the allegations. But of course, we've seen Erica within this series of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I discussed as one of the guests later. It's probably one of the best seasons in a while um maybe the insect exceptional i like last season but anyway it's it's kind of demented though to watch it play out because it is like there is something like so soap operatic about housewives but this is very very real like this is and this isn't just going to be a one season thing this is likely going to carry over into the next season and i don't know how have you found watching it yeah i like it's very interesting, but it's also very like hard to watch someone unravel like that. And you kind of know they're only on the show because they have no other source of income anymore. Do you think it's you just know? that though? Or do you like, I think it's as much that as it is. A defense. For yeah. And then a part of me does like. I've been obviously consuming a lot of content around this now, trying to just see where the fuck I'm at. And I'm trying to stay like as neutral as possible, but it's kind of hard as well to think that like, like, is she doing it for the money? Like at this point, like, did she know how bad things were when she was signed on? Or was it just, do you know what I mean? In terms of their financial situation? I think she's doing it for the money. I think maybe she thought at the time she could sign on, have her own income keep her own income like because she she was obviously doing this before um and then maybe like spiral off and do like other things because she's still on the show and because she's been more open on the show and probably she probably thought it would be a good way to show her innocence or like explain her side and I think that's kind of backfired on her but I do think if if it was just a case that she was there to explain her side she could have pulled out easily like she could have pulled out her contract a long time ago because She's really doing herself no favors by talking about it on it. Um, so I do think it's she's uh, her arm is twisted because she literally needs to pay the bills. Do you think she knew, or how? I think that's a, a to a simplified, an overly simplified question. Obviously, um, I think she kind of put like going by her character on. Housewives she was like this clued in I love my husband he works so hard like we are a team kind of thing for years and years and years and now all of a sudden it's like I don't know this man he was cheating on me or like I it's been bad for you for years and it's all kind of flipped on its head 
And I do think I do think she would have known, she would have known something was going on, whether she knew like the details of it or whether she chose to turn a blind eye because that's where her like her financial backing was coming from mm-hmm. is another thing. But I do think like deep down she knew it wasn't like honest money she was being given. Maybe she didn't know. And then I was like, no, she definitely fucking and she's complicit as everything, everyone else to kind of being somewhere in the middle where it's like. I, th- I think like, I don't think she knew how bad it was. And I think it was yeah. more the fact that she probably didn't ask questions where yeah, she exactly. sort of, I think she allowed herself to be very. Because she deep down knew she should, like, you don't ask questions, you don't want the answers. The yeah. Answer to. And I think to be honest, what made it worse is how she's gone on after the fact. And I know, I know that's tricky because like, obviously you're on a show, you're going to, to promote a show. You, like you can't really fucking it kind of nearly looks worse if you're like totally off social media or you delete your social media but I suppose it's just hard then when she's like posting kind of like knicker pictures and then you have her I don't know like show like again you see the wealth and people look what was the the launch party for Rinna Beauty and she's yeah. wearing those fucking tiger Cartier Cartier earrings yeah. and they're, they're stupid money I can't quote it off the top of my head now but like that was kind of one of the things that all were picking up where it was like how can you even like justify justify it when you know how how far this trickles down you know the people that it affects and like knowing that the money has to come from somewhere because that's the thing. Like, so like if we were to put it very black and whitely, basically is that Tom owed these victims of this plane crash and their families money. He was kind of using the money he'd won from their cases to kind of sort out other things. And he was saying that he was going to invest in places, whatever, blah, blah, which he should have never done. And yada, yada, yada. And just kind of kept moving it around like do you know like what's the expression paying peter to pay paper paul. paul barring fucking peter, peter to... barring barring paul barring anyway, that one of them to pay the other but bar- barring for peter's pay paul um to the point where it was just like there was no money left like and any of the money that he had like was never his you know and then it was gone because it was spent on like other shit and then the assets were frozen and you know what i mean like i think now obviously he is unwell now. He's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he's Has been disbarred. He? Yeah, I, yeah, because there was, like, I do believe he was deceptive or whatever, but I do also believe that he is probably ill now and it's not actually helping things. But even kind of when this was, when off, it was very much like he didn't even seem to understand the gravity of it and couldn't really understand he just seemed to have no track of the money at all. I don't know if it's editing or her, if it's just the way she is about it, but she is like very, she really doesn't, hasn't spoken about the victims at all, maybe once. It's kind of come out and been like, oh, poor me, I'm poor. My life is so hard. My husband and me, it's all gone to shit. Like I had this perfect life and it all unraveled, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like, Listen, this is ha- this has happened. It's super fucked up. I had no idea, and all I can do is think about the victims, and all I want to do is like fix this. Like she hasn't, she hasn't approached it in the right way at all. She's, you know, yeah, she's still very like, I don't know, 
So like, so that's what I found hard when she's talking about like the fucking EJ Global, the dollhouse, and like moving into that smaller house, and it's still like two thousand square feet, or you know, the shots of her like hoovering, and we're like, it's uh, like but oh, that, poor Erica has to do her own cleaning now. It's like, well, but, they, but then it is like, people, so or like you know, she was. But then you would the production company there. Then I'm a bit like, are they not? When I say are they not as complicit, I obviously don't mean as complicit as yeah, but it's just like you are kind of setting her up to be like it's so weird. That's what I mean. Maybe that's the edit, like maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. And then it's also like that edit is kind of enjoyable in like a funny kind of a sense because you look at it and you're like, This is fucking ridiculous. This is exactly what I'd expect from Housewives, but it's demented. Yeah, then it's also like I don't know, because I think they are positioning as if to be like to give her that villain edit, to give it like that it's this ridiculous soap opera comedy bit. But then it is again also like, oh no, people died and people are owed so much money. And yeah, you know? Yeah, even at the dinner party, like where they like the whole the whole editing of it with Kathy's housekeeper and stuff, like it was absolutely like wink wink nudge nudge, like isn't this gas? Like and your ma- like it's yeah. What do you think is going to happen to her? Now, I mean, obviously we're recording this like prior to the reunion, to the, to before any of the actual legal stuff is figured out. But I mean, just in terms of the franchise, like I've spoken to people and she will be back for the next season. She seems to still be on a very good relation or still have a very good relationship with Andy Gowan. And again, I think it comes back to that thing of like wanting to have the show and have the defense. And that's obviously makes, the money. Yeah, that's what makes me think that like actually maybe it's not just the editing because if they've edited her to look this way and she actually did did and said things that like make her seem like a better person, I think she'd be really fucking annoyed about it and really like loud on Twitter about it or loud on social media about it. Um, but like she hasn't been, so it makes me think that that's just what like that's what happened and those are the things she said and yeah I do like you know when she says something and they're like they and they'll like flash back to like a discrepancy in her story or whatever mm-hmm. and they like they keep the show keeps trying to catch her out and stuff she's saying as well so I don't know if she, I think she maybe she'll come back with but she'll be a bit more tight-lipped about everything or Maybe she'll have to do time. Maybe she'll. I feel like she's going to have to do a really tiny stint in prison. Yeah, I think. I think if she if she is doing another season, it will definitely be her last. But I think the more this progresses, the more I'm like jail is. I feel like her lawyers won't let her keep doing it. If they're going to get into like a trial or whatever. But that's where it's headed, I think. I'm pretty yeah, sure. But like you, the, the legal team would be mad to let her carry on the way she's been going, just talking about everything and wrapping herself up in lies. Okay, so to kick things off, we could go back way further, but for the sake of brevity and the sake of keeping it in typical bandwagons fashion, we're going to give you the info that you absolutely need to know and the info that like you will be able to register and assuming that you all have tiny P not legal minds like us. So obviously, as we already discussed, uh, Erica filed for divorce November 3rd, 2020, election day. We said that already. Um, Her statement said, after much consideration, I've decided to end my marriage. Tom Girardi, this is not a step taken lightly or easily. I've built great love and respect for Tom and for our years and the lives we've built together. Um, 
then uh, pretty soon after you're talking like November 10th. So that's like a week later. That's kind of when the money and the legal issues started in a way. So what happened was Erica asked Tom to pay her spousal support um, as well as legal fees. Um, And I think we talked about this, but like the danger of having this kind of shit play out on TV um, is that like there's like a a backlog of stuff that people can pull from when you're bullshitting or things don't add up. So um, we'd mentioned that she didn't have a prenup. She said this on a 2017 episode of Andy Cohen's Then and Now. Um, and basically said, I'm married to a very powerful lawyer. A prenup wouldn't stand in his way anyway. So it doesn't matter whether you had one or you didn't. It's going to be all Tom's way, I assure you. He'll Sorry, she does or she doesn't have a prenup? Seconds. They don't have a prenup. Oh, shit. Late November, Girardi asked the court to end spousal support and for Jane to cover attorney's fees. This is according to people. And the thing is, like, a, a lot of the stuff that I've listened to is, like, initially, purely from, like, Erica's perspective, it probably was, like, a good eye. Not a... Not a good idea, but like it would have worked out in Erica's favor to uh, have not signed the prenup because maybe in her eyes, like it was like, she's like, I'm marrying this old rich dude. I'm going to be bankrolled for life. You know, that kind of way. Like, why would I sign a prenup? Because I can take him to the cleaners then in the event that something happens. I'm very surprised he didn't make her sign a prenup. Why? Because he was the one with all the money and he's a, he's a lawyer. You know, the ramifications of like the complications of not having one. I don't know if he does though clearly given what's like unfolded you know what I mean well, Unless, yeah. it, do, it goes back to the thing of like were they like was it love was it, gen- was it actual genuine love don't the others have prenups I have no idea I would I, I would assume so yeah yeah I think R-O-B-H they do I remember prenups. someone saying that one like I don't know who would now because like Kyle didn't have any money when she married Mauricio so why would they have a prenup like because neither of them were really they've kind of made themselves since they got married which real housewives don't have a prenup I'm sure Dorit probably has a prenup okay Um, Kyle Richards does not have a prenup no as far as I'm aware Um, Lisa Vanderpump Uh, does not have a prenup no I doubt it who else is there Lisa Rinna Probably not. Shannon, Shannon Bedore, um, did not have a prenup. Camille Grammer did not have a prenup. This is a this is an article from 2018, so I'm sure there are others. Maybe it's just a case if we don't know. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, but basically it was, but it's like because she didn't sign a prenup now, she's like more fucked because it's like all their assets are seen as one, you know, that kind of way, and that's where the legal stuff gets more complicated then. And that's why it was like, if she'd signed a prenup, she might've been less fucked legally. There are people out there who explain this clearly better than I am. But anyway, um, then obviously we had the allegations of this being like a scam divorce. This came December of the same year. And this came from the reps of the families of the Lionair uh, flight. Um, and that this is kind of, this is the big case. As I said, there are others. We're not getting into them. This is kind of, what's snowballed everything basically um so they alleged that tom his firm and erica owed tens of millions of uh, dollars to clients and others who had worked on the case 
The lawsuit against them filed in Chicago Federal Court claimed at the heart of the deception is defendant Girardi and his need to fund outrageous lifestyles for himself and his soon-to-be ex-wife, Erica Jane. The lawsuit also claims that to keep up their celebrity status, Tom and Erica must project a public image of obscene wealth at all times and at whatever the cost. As a result, and most egregiously... Egregiously, egregiously, fucking hell. Tom has resorted Journalism. to embezzling the proceeds of settlements that should have been directed to his clients. So again, very simple terms. Tom was getting settlements for these clients who had been through absolutely horrific things um, and I, like was using the money to fund his own lifestyle, was spending money that essentially wasn't his. Um, they went on to say, while Erica publicly filed for divorce this month on information and belief that... Uh, while Erica publicly filed for divorce this month on information and belief that div- that divorce in inverted commas is simply a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money from those that seek to collect on debts owed by Tom and his la- law firm Gerardy Keese. Um, the firm is obviously now closed um, on the brink of financial collapse prior to closing. Um, the debts were just mounting and mounting up uh, and he like Tom was trying his best to kind of hide that and come after people. Breed, you didn't watch the Housewives and the Hustler doc in the end, did you? No, I keep forgetting. What's it on now? TV. I don't know if we can. I'm sure you can get it over here, but I'm not sure I if you heard can stream of anyone it watching it. I think that I uh, I know uh, Connor Bean has who will who will talk to you later on, but um, I. I di- I didn't, and I probably should have. But the, there's like a lot of like damning clips in that, and kind of voicemails that he would have sent, kind of clients trying to be like, "I'm a good guy," and other like basically trying to fob off the fact that none of these people were getting their money. Um, it's it's pretty bad. Um, I need to add it they, to the list. Who I need to know who made that documentary and did that. That's such quick a turnaround on a documentary like that. Um, obviously we saw Erica on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills kind of dismiss the allegations about her divorce being a sham like do you know the bit where they were she was on FaceTime to Lisa Rinna and Kyle yeah and she was like things are being said are just wrong what's being said I mean it's insane that my divorce is a sham but nobody cares about the facts Um, and like obviously Kyle no this is obviously pre the dinner party and everything but like you see Kyle asking Erica if she knew anything Um, and Erica kind of put it back in the firm and said that she's being dragged in with the firm and she's being attached to it. Um, during a confessional, she declined to answer how she learned about the case or why she was named in one of the lawsuits. Then they started this year. That's when the legal problems got even worse. So based, Tom and the firm were forced into bankruptcy. Um, this was after creditors claimed they were owed millions. Uh, the judge overseeing the of Chicago civil case said that Girardi misappropriated a minimum, a minimum, of $2 million that was awarded to victims' families in the plane crash and froze assets belonging to him and his firm, according to the Los Angeles Times. The judge also said he was referring the situation to federal prosecutors for criminal inquiry. Um, obviously, the firm is Girardi and Keese. He had a law partner, Robert Keese. Uh, he sued Girardi uh, over money and Wells Fargo Financial Services have also hit him with a lawsuit. Uh, meanwhile, Girardi said in one case that he's broke uh, according to the New York Post. And this was, this was I made comments about this earlier where he was just like, I've no idea where the money's gone. Like, I think we have X amount left. Like, he's just not a clue. Um, And then in March of this year, the California Bar Association stripped him of his law license. Um, But also earlier this year, he was placed under conservatorship 
Uh, his brother Robert asked the court to grant him con- temporary conservatorship, claiming the disgraced lawyer couldn't care for himself because of co- of a cognitive issue. Robert claimed in a court filing that his brother's current condition has sadly deteriorated to the point where he cannot care for himself without assistance. His short-term memory is severely compromised and on information and belief. He is often not oriented as to date, time or place. Um, this came after Gerardi's civil lawyer intimated in court that given his advanced age, there might be issues with his mental competence. Um, so I they, they had quotes from Thomas himself later on, basically saying, Tom, I should say, oh, I don't know why I'm calling him Thomas. As if our <laughs> close friends. Gerardo. Um, he, he, he didn't want to be put under conservatorship. He told Us Weekly that he, um, well, Us Weekly quoted him saying that he disagreed the conservatorship altogether. Um, July then of this year is when Erica started kind of being brought into it more legally. So the Rui Gomez family uh, were represented by Gerardi against a PG&E utility company following an explosion. They said he stopped distributing their settlement to them. A judge said on July 6th that they could continue their collection efforts against Erica and third-party transferees. Because this was the thing. It was like, Tom was getting the money. Tom was like, here's a few bob, Erica. Erica was like, and this is where the debate comes in because Erica's like, I wasn't checking my bank accounts. I didn't know. Like, he was just sending me this money. They were just gifts. Like, it wasn't... That's where the thing comes in where it's like, was Erica turning a blind eye or did she fully know that this was what was going on with the money? Yeah. Um, but the again, this comes back to the whole thing of like, posting on social media being held accountable by tv shows so this happened on uh the 6th of july this whole thing where the judge was like yeah go after erica get erica's money that's that's your money um as part of tom's bankruptcy bankruptcy proceedings july 7th she posted that gif of herself from the show where she's like the ice queen can take it which is like you know, no like in a lot of ways, like she just doesn't help herself at all. I would say yeah, actually in all ways, she doesn't yeah. help herself. She's very like, oh, this is really affecting me. Where you're like, it's yeah. affecting much more important people than you, Erica. In terms of what she owes, so like Erica and her, she's like the pretty much company and the EG, EG or EJ Global, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, the trustee handling Girardi Keese's bankruptcy case filed court papers on July 14th, claiming that Jane and her companies owe the firm $25 million. Uh, none of the receivables owed by the defendants, Jane, to the debtor, Girardi Keese, have been repaid to the debtor and remain outstanding. Plaintiff is informed and believes, and on that basis, alleges thereon the defendant Erica has used her glamour and notoriety to continue to aid and abet in sham transactions that have occurred with respect to large transfers of assets from the debtor to the defendants. That was the other thing. It was like, was Tom deliberately moving the money to her in the hopes that like it would take nobody would look that blame. closely kind I yeah but I don't think in a way that I think he ever wanted her to get stung I don't it wasn't like it wasn't like a trap for her I think it was like more to try and look over there yeah a deflection thing I think yeah um so this is this is July. Um, then obviously she had the whole thing of, I don't know if you saw this, she basically went after the bankruptcy lawyers on Twitter. So this is the end of July this year. She tweeted, there are two types of lawyers, legal eagles and bottom feeders. The ass is the latter. Fuck Ronnie McDonald and his slimy, lying, fake ass internet JSD. She's referring to Ronald Richards, Richards, the special allegation counsel in Gerardi Keese's bankruptcy case. Um, basically his job is he's probing whether the firm 
wrongly moved funds from the firm to Erica. Uh, she tweeted a load of other shit then that doesn't basically matter, but like basically going after your man. Um, and it stems from her and your man. She didn't want him on the case basically um, because he had posted like 300 times about the case and about her since December 2020. Um, he went to Us Weekly and said, we cannot help but point out the irony that she previously complained about comments made about her. However, now in a transparent attempt to deflect scrutiny from the source of her mass amounts of capital she's spending, she's now resorted to weaponizing her vast platform to her lowbrow insults and mean tweets. Um, and then you'd like her lawyers uh, in the bankruptcy case, they wanted to withdraw from the proceedings earlier that month. Uh, basically saying that the relationship of trust and confidence that is essential to a properly functioning attorney-client relationship has broken down and in the good faith of assessment of counsel, the relationship is irreparable. But what's significant about this is this decision or this request came shortly after the Housewife and the Hustler documentary that we just mentioned. Oh. Um, But then two days later, um, they filed paperwork to stay on the case. But then... July 6th, Evan Borges, he's a partner at Greenberg Gross, filed papers to take over Jane's representation from her previous lawyers at Dinsmore and Shoal LLP. Uh, Reuters reported that according to court records, Borges have been representing Jane alongside her Dinsmore lawyers since June 24th. That's kind of the main, main simplified legal issue. Where it gets more complicated then is that like, there kind of seemed to be a few more like, look over there things. Like, do you remember when Erica was tweeting about the affair? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's the affair, it's the, like, the accident, the car, the discrepancies in the car accident. Yeah. It's all um, that kind of stuff. So, Erica posted these screenshots of texts and claimed that they showed Tom, like, texting this fucking... Uh, a California judge, right? And alluded to the fact that they were having an affair. Erica tweeted... Or I think this is actually on Instagram. Maybe both, I don't know. She said she was fucking my husband, Tom Girardi, and he was paying her sax bill and paying for her plastic surgery. Um, but like, I people kind of dug into that and it seemed like the screenshots were fake. It was like whatever, whatever way they'd been doctored. I love internet detectives like this because they looked at it and it was like whatever phone they'd pretended they were sent on, like the phone didn't exist at the time to send pictures or something. It was, it was so good. Like so she was weird. very badly caught out. Like, yeah, really, really badly caught out. And um, wasn't there like a thing on the show as well where they were like, oh, I think maybe it was Garcelle was like, oh, someone told me they saw Tom at a restaurant with a woman last week. And Erica was like, no, no way. That wouldn't have been him. And then like a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes later, it's like, yeah, he's been cheating on me flat out, like nonstop. And it's just mm. like all the discrepancies. I just can't. Yeah. Um, so in terms of what she potentially got from the the firm, like there's she's been hit with the, she was hit with another claim in July, which basically uh like basically said that she's received over $25 million from the firm, money she allegedly owes victims because it was embezzled, because he was embezzling yeah. the money from the clients. Um so it's like, and it wasn't I know all necessarily in cash. Embezzling is a bad yeah. word, but it's very nice to say. Sexy. Embezzling. It is. Embezzling. I like it. Oh, embezzle me, daddy. Um, so she wasn't just getting in the money. She was getting it in like jewelry, other luxury items, lottery. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Repayments. Um, and repayments. I think these are just kind of like random payments. I'm sure that's what it means. Someone in law okay. write in and tell us. And that was the whole thing that they were supposed to be kind of like randomized. Um, conspire to conceal the money during the bankruptcy proceedings. Um, so mm. uh, a Jane source told people no merit, no investigation, no proof, just more harassment. Relatedly, the new filing comes a week after a judge ruled that Jane could be pursued for $11 million in collections by three of Girardi's embezzlement victims related to money she allegedly received from Girardi Keys. Um, and like this, this goes hand in hand with the time that she was like, um, she's like, look at your, look at your bank accounts, ladies. Like, would you get like, sorry, like even if she, say she was just going through like a normal divorce. Is a divorce ever normal? I don't know. But I just think like, it goes very much back to like eat the fucking rich when you're hearing these people who deal with this level of money and they're like, I never looked at my accounts. It just makes, it makes me fucking sick. Like, yeah, you just kind of kept scanning and scanning and hoping for the best. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, there's another, yeah. there's a really good piece in Vulture from Louisa, uh, Louis Peitzman. Uh, it's Erica Jane and the Runaway Narrative. It only came out early this month where it kind of basically talks about um, how the narrative is essentially running away from her and kind of how legal ex- experts are weighing in and saying that Erica needs to, like, shut the fuck up. Like, how how did she think this was a good idea? Like, in this kind of endless sharing. Um, yeah. It's just pure hectic chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And where will it end? I don't know. We just, the victims need to be paid. Like, I just, yeah. I don't Fair know. Minimum. I don't, I don't know. We need to bring someone else in on this. A true Housewives super fan. Uh, Connor Bean, host of Housewives and Me, joined us to talk about Erica's potential future with the franchise, um, how he's enjoyed the season so far as a fan. Um, and I suppose what I thought was interesting, the kind of moral debate of watching this play out when it is so serious. But as he reminded me, this is Housewives. This is not the first time something kind of dark yeah, has dark. happened and played out before our eyes. Um, so yeah, a very good chat. Uh, very much hope you enjoy. This is a uh, host of Housewives and me, Connor Bean. I am so thrilled to be joined by broadcaster, 
DJ and host of Housewives and Me, your ultimate Housewives podcast. Please go listen to that, but only after you've listened to this episode. Connor Ian, thank you so much for joining us on Bandwagons. Hi, thank you for having me. I think we talked about me doing something about this or New York. So when you reached out and said, it's going to be about Erica Jane, I was like, <gasps> I was like, I kind of, in my head thought you were going to ask me, <laughs> do you want about Madonna for some reason? Because you said, listening behind the fourth wall, but Vanilla sent me a voice talking like, hey, we wonder if you come on the pod. I was like, it's going to be Madonna. She's going to want to do an episode of Madonna. <laughs> She's like, oh, she wants to do one in Erica Jane, even better. So I'm very excited. I have you, I fully have you earmarked for when we do a, a podcast on Madonna. So it's weird that you thought that. <laughs> yeah. We will do that. As Madonna, as Madonna would say. <laughs> I mean, me or Jen yeah. Gannon. Shout out to Jen Gannon because she's the other Madonna genus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Madonna, oh. Erica Jane sort of weirdly feel like similar figures in my head anyway. <laughs> Jen Gannon, queen of my life. Shout out if you're listening. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And as you said, we are talking about um, Erica Jane and kind of everything that's been going on really with everything because I don't want to speak for our bandwagon mm-hmm. listeners, but I know myself and Breed. I mean, I think we kind of went into this season, this current season, knowing that bad things were happening. There was a lot of legal stuff going on. We didn't fully understand. And um, we are getting briefed by our lawyer pal. So that would be interesting. Um, but I suppose just from your perspective, because obviously Housewives is your thing. How did you feel going mm-hmm. into this season kind of knowing what you knew and having spent so much time with Erica in the past and being a bit of an Erica apologist, as you've kind of said yourself, sorry, I'm going to job you in there. <laughs> how have you felt watching this play out? I just love having spent so much time with Erica yourself. Um, just watch her on television. We should wonder. I mean, I know she's been over for, for coffee. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, I have in the past been the Erica apologist because in the past, it wasn't that there was alleged criminality. It was just that she was seen as withholding or rude and I always just found it so fascinating the way she was so stoic and unreadable on a show and a franchise it's ostensibly about being like a combative and volatile I always found it so funny how she would clam up so going into this season I wasn't sure what to expect because we knew quite a bit about the story or we thought we knew you know certain bullet points about what was out there in the press and um, I think the biggest question was how much will they be able to show on this program how you know sort of that kardashian effect of we know there's a big story coming but like are we going to watch them react week on week which in that case will that take them months to get where we are going in which has been an interesting viewing experience as we're going in going i read the la times piece uh we know this about tom but they're starting with five episodes in oh my god she's getting divorced we're like oh christ because you know they started filming in like october november and they were like slowly piecing it all together so i didn't know what to expect and it's in some ways gone further than I expected and also I don't know if it's gone as I think it's gone in worse directions for her than I expected as well which is crazy do you think she'll survive this and then also actually before you even come to that are you surprised that she did the season given everything that's been coming out and kind of the storm that was brewing in the background and then also to go back my to my first question can she survive this in terms of in housewives terms, you know what I mean? Because obviously there's going to be legal implications, whatever. There are going to be like very much real life consequences there. But in terms of the TV show and the franchise, what's next for her within Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I wasn't surprised that she did the show only in the sense that, I mean, at first we were sort of led to believe that, 
you know, like the, the divorce was announced when filming was about a month in. And when the divorce was announced, I remember everybody was like, wait, they've been rolling for a while. Like what's going on? So I kind of thought, well, either she had an idea she was going to get divorced and decided to power on the season or she's going to tough it out. I think maybe some of us thought, oh, she might not be on screen as much. But then the cynic in me thought, well, this is a paycheck. So she probably won't turn away. Whether she'll survive in housewives terms, I mean... I would imagine, I mean, it will, like a lot of these shows, it will depend on the reunion and what she does or doesn't do there and the reaction and something that I've learned from doing my podcast and, and talking in particular to a journalist called Anna Peel, who wrote about this in a piece earlier this year, is that Bravo, the network that airs, uh, all the Real Housewives shows, Below Deck, Top Chef, Project Runway, like a, like a lot of very big reality franchises, they do a lot of very intense audience research. So I would imagine they are gauging the interest and reaction to Erica like every other second and the ratings for this season stateside are huge. So I think if they think she will continue to talk about this and play ball to an extent, she will be asked back. I would imagine not to make an assumption about someone's finances, but you know, these women get hundreds of thousands of dollars to appear on these programs. And it's not that she's got so much other stuff going on work-wise. I would imagine she will go back, but it depends, you know, we're, as we're talking, we've had Dinner Party from Hell Part 2, which is a nod to a, an iconic season one episode. But we've just seen Erica get very emotional and sort of act like she's being pummeled by the women. And in a way, sometimes on these shows, when these characters, if you will, because they're people, but they're characters in the context of the show, when they get so in their head ganged up on or they feel like they've gone one way, sometimes they do walk away. So it's a possibility. I think she probably will tough it out and stay on the show. Whether her career and her reputation as a public figure survives is a huge question mark because I would, as of now, I would say no, unless there is some incredible shift in what we hear. And also I do think the way she's behaved has left a bit of a bad taste. Although having said that, sometimes this audience will move and change with the person if the show edits them a different way the next year. So possibly, but her survival in the public eye as bleak as a sentence that is, I, I would say doesn't look great. Have any of the other housewives' reactions to the story surprised you at all? The reactions have been, I mean, I was a little bit, it's sort of, I mean, it, I wasn't really surprised in the sense that I had a feeling Lisa Rinna and Kyle would stick by her to some degree. I think the Sutton thing has been interesting because the trailer, the trailer for the season led with, Erica and Sutton's beef, but the show spent weeks and weeks and weeks of the pair of them bonding over divorce and bonding over being Southern gals. So I remember thinking, well, this, I remember thinking, how are they going to get to this point? Garcelle's sort of cynicism around it, I wasn't surprised by, only because she's newer to the group and I think she's a good straight shooter kind of truth teller character on the show. Crystal, I wasn't sure where she would fall because she's just new to all of us as viewers. Kathy, I was curious about because she's kind of in her own little world, but also Kathy Hilton is so wealthy that I would imagine her perception of a figure like $20 million, which I find unimaginable. She go, Oh, he gave you 20 million. That's not a big deal. So no, not in a way. No, I've not been surprised. I think they've all sort of, we have a read of what their personalities are from having seen them on screen for a long time. It's more the newer cast members. It's been hard to figure out. I mean, Dorit's an interesting one because Dorit sort of is close with Erica, but she's not afraid to stir the pot. So her sort of back and forth has been funny. Also because a lot of us as viewers are like, what's going on with your money? <laughs> you know? Mm, I made a, I made a joke about, because obviously on this episode that you're talking about, the dinner party from hell, like there's a scene where 
Dorit is showing off her bridal collection and PK is like, he describes one of the wedding dresses as off the chain. And I posted on my own Instagram story being like, we need to eat the rich. And Vicky Nataro replied to that story being like, he's, he's not even rich. He's not even rich. <laughs> we need to, we, we start with the appetizer of the possibly wealthy and then we'll have a full main of the actual rich. So he'll be, he'll be in a mousse-bouche for that meal. <laughs> Is that how you say that? I don't know. Yes. The Sorry, PK, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, the million dollar question and putting aside, I suppose, like legally and whatever, it's a minefield. Do you think she knew more than she's letting on? I don't think Erica had any idea of what was really going on in that firm because I'm sure he either would give her a sanitized version or just wouldn't talk about it. I mean, to to give her credit slightly like a lot of the people at the firm seemed genuinely shocked and got out pretty fast once things became clear. So I don't think she was privy to the inner workings of the law firm. I think the problem is, though, that kind of those figures are like the $20 million is that the settlement money as has been alleged by people on one side of this case, or is Erica just going to say, I'm handed money because that's the setup we had and therefore it's not my issue. I think that's the bigger question. So, I mean, you know, she kind of has said this thing that I, I think is slightly like she when, she when she was asked, do you have a heads up when these things happen? And she says, I don't get a heads up about lawsuits, which is probably true. But the LA, LA Times piece, someone would have reached out to either a publicist, a manager or her representative for comments. So she must have known at least a week or two before that went to press that it was a thing because you don't put a piece out like that and not reach out for comment it's like particularly for an outlet like the la times which would be legitimate and wants everything sourced and credible or whatever so i'd say she has an idea of certain commentary that might be coming and maybe hadn't i think she had an idea that she must have seen that the writing was on the wall with tom and maybe got heads up that things are about to hit the fan but this kind of how much did she know question is tricky because i don't think she was sitting down with tom going let's embezzle some victims but I also don't think her nose is as clean as she would like us to believe. And also, I think the show is doing this weird thing now where it's making us question money and how wealthy these women are and how that wealth gives them a completely different way of living that, you know, maybe is normal to them, but actually to us on the ground is just like not normal. So the idea that her arrangement with Tom or her setup, whatever, was being handed these chunks of money and she was just kind of spending it on being a pop star, it just seems unimaginable to us. So I think sometimes when they're talking amongst themselves and getting defensive about, I have no money or I have this, it's like, yeah, but in your context, in your wealthy, rich bubble context, not in the context of you or I watching. And I think that's also where our frustrations are coming from. Like when discussions come up, she goes so hard on, I'm the victim here. And it's like, I mean, she has acknowledged the victims once on screen, but it's it felt kind of almost like she was forced to do that, mm-hmm. you know? On that, I I ask you as a fan, do you ever find yourself kind of, do you ever find yourself watching this with, because I think the general consensus about this season is that it's like, it's been very good, uh, better than a lot of other seasons. And I think that is definitely because this is at the core of the storylines. But obviously there is like a big juxtaposition there where it is like, yeah, this is happening, but it's like because of these widows and orphans and this horrible dark legal shit do you ever find yourself kind of like when you're commentating or like viewing it where it's like it's really bad that this is why it's 
so entertaining. You know what I mean? Because you look at like, I'm not caught up, but I know you talk about like Roni, like Real Housewives of New York and this season not being, probably being one of the worst. And like to compare it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like, it's it's when you sit down and actually think about it and it's separated, it's like, oh, I wish, it's almost like you wish it wasn't entertaining or like you wish it wasn't entertaining at the expense of these people. No, it's funny you say that because I watched this week's particular episode and I thought this is the richest and the darkest and the kind of most intense the show has been in years. And it is because of a very, you know, because I think on Housewives, they don't plan everything that's going to happen, but they sort of sit down with cast members from what I can gather. And this is, again, kind of alleged and from my own deductions, I don't I don't work on these shows, obviously. They sort of have a rough idea. Okay, so you're going to do Wedding Dress Line. You'll be here filming a movie. Okay, you're launching a business. So they have a rough idea of where the women are with each other, what plans they have for the year. They obviously are saying probably in normal non-COVID times going, but probably go to the Bahamas uh, in the midpoint of the season. We've arranged a trip for you, blah, blah, blah. So they probably had things that they wanted to sort of get going for this season. But obviously this storyline came out of left field for the show and for the cast. Like from what I can gather, production had no idea really what was going on. So I I have been thinking about that because in a way it's... It's riveting, but then also the consequences of it are very real. And actually, Beverly Hills is a funny show because it's become so popular in Ireland in last year. And it's sort of, for a while, felt very fluffy and inconsequential. But every so often, really heavy stuff comes up. So, like, the first season is ostensibly about two sisters falling out because one of them turns out to be an addict and the other sister doesn't know. And they're also estranged from their other sister who's not on the show at that point. Season two is largely about one of the women being in an abusive relationship and her husband then dies by suicide by the time the reunion comes around. So there has at times been this very heavy kind of ethically questionable cloud over Beverly Hills as a show at times. So I do think about it. The problem is I think with all reality TV, you're, if you really thought about it, you'd be questioning your ethics all day. It's funny because I'm not a true crime person, for example, because they just kind of freak me out. Actually, they make me nervous. I think they just feel too close to the bone for me. But people love true crime. And obviously there's a conversation all the time about the ethics of that. So it's kind of like watching one of those Netflix documentaries about a a court case or a crime thing happen, but in kind of not real time because it's nine months later, but sort of as it's happening. So I do think about it. I suppose that's also the tightrope the show has to walk because Eric is on the show and we're seeing these normal scenes of her doing normal person things like hoovering her house, like, okay, whatever. I haven't cleaned this bridge in years. Um, to, you know, the women confronting her about widows and orphans and possible embezzlement and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, yeah, I do think about it and I don't know what the answer is. And I suppose part of it is, I think that's actually why Erica is getting so much, uh, I don't want to say hate online because that's a bit reductive, but like she's getting a bad response online from a lot of people because I think we're all grappling with our own part in watching this. Not to say that, Erica doesn't deserve criticism or some of it is warranted and justified, but I do think sometimes I'm like, okay, after a point when we go after these people's wealth of money, it's like, we still watch them flaunt it. So like, (laughs) how involved are we? Like it is, it's a constant ethical dilemma and it goes across the franchises. I mean, last season on Potomac, there was a very hard to watch physical fight on New York this year. There has been stuff that's gone leaned into racist and anti-Semitic territory. That's been hard to watch. So like, these shows are mad. They're kind of like living documentaries, like as in documentaries are happening kind of before the events have properly wrapped. And so as a viewer, you're always like, Ooh, where do I go? Which is why I like talking to you about this and doing the podcast. Cause at least we can kind of turn our eye on it in like a fun kind of critical lens way. And also laugh at it versus just 
taking what we're given. But yeah, for sure, it is a bit of an ethical minefield. What do you think is going to go down at the reunion? Oh my God, what is going to go down at the reunion? I mean, Erica hasn't done any press for this season. So there's been Watch What Happens Live with certain cast members. I think the whole cast did a Watch What Happens Live without Erica at the top of this season. And they've done press and interviews and podcasts and all that kind of thing. Erica has kind of, I think she's been photographed in public like maybe three or four times. So she's really, in a funny way, for all her social media weirdness, kind of not been very public. So it'll be just weird to see her in, not person, but like see her with the women in that way. Um, I think she's going to have to face a lot of the dreaded viewers' questions, which are always shady anyway. I'd imagine this season they'll be explosive. Um, I think we're going to see, I mean, obviously it will depend on how the remaining episodes play out, but I think we're going to see that split in the cast play out even more. I'll be very curious to see where Garcelle lands because like she wished Erica a happy birthday on Instagram, but on the show, she's definitely not fully in her corner the way Rinna and Kyle, maybe Dorit are... I think I think it'll be a, it'll be a decider time for Crystal and Sutton, but they'll probably rehash their beef that they had. So that could be interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I think Eric will. One thing I'll guarantee you, she'll be sat as close to Andy Cohen as possible, given the restrictions, <laughs> and she'll be she'll be the focus. I mean, that's the one thing I know will happen after that. I don't know because she's. I mean, this is going back a bit, but like Eric has had some weird reunions. There's been reunions where she's been brilliant, and there was one reunion where she was like. She had a headache and she had a tight ponytail kind of look she was doing. And she was so rude throughout to the point where I actually thought, Andy Cohen is going to like fire you personally at the end of this. <laughs> so we'll see what kind of Erica we get. We're getting a lot of her on the show this season, even aside from, you know, her talking about the case. There's just been so many more scenes of her doing stuff with the ladies and having people over. So I'm like, she seems more willing to film in theory. It's just how much she'll be able to say. I mean, they're going to have a laundry list of questions because so much has played out. Even like in the last month or two, there's been fresh headlines about this. And some of them have been disproven or things have been taken out of context, but there's definitely big questions to be asked. Or maybe she'll do a musical number and call it quits. Who knows? <laughs> a medley of songs. She'll sing expensive and everyone will be like, oh, weird. Out in flames. Why not? Um, hey, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> if she leaves or if she's replaced... Is there anyone that you'd like to see her be replaced with? Or have you thought about it? Okay, so I have said this on my podcast before and I'm going back to it. So if you've heard me say this before and you're listening, sorry, I'm consistent. Put Megan Fox on The Real Housewives of Beverly <gasps> Hills and also put Kate Beckinsale on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Neither of them will ever do it. They are too famous and wealthy to do it. But Megan Fox to me is like the younger version of Denise Richards who was on the show for two seasons. She has an interesting personal life. She's obviously gorgeous. She's had an interesting kind of mini redemption arc in Hollywood in the last year. I just think she could actually be really fascinating. Kate Beckinsale, I just think is a bit of a buzzer and they haven't had a funny British lady on since Lisa Vanderpump left. So she could fill that space. If I'm going like reality TV nerdy niche and some people will know this person and and get why I'm saying her name. Caroline Stanbury is this ridiculous blonde white British woman who was on the show Ladies of London for three seasons and she was kind of like that show's Lisa Vanderpump I think she lives in Dubai now she's like a crazy life but she surrounds it Rinna and a few of the Beverly Hills ladies and she's one of those great underrated reality stars who I think would fit right in in Beverly Hills but let's start with Megan Fox 
and go from there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, throw the money at her and see what happens. Andy, start putting the calls out. They're such good picks. I wouldn't have even thought of it. <laughs> I feel like Kate would just be <laughs> shagging around her. We just get to see her go on loads of dates or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also remember when I said this before about Megan Fox on Instagram, someone was like, oh, she's just too trashy to be on that show. And she's like, you know, but I was like, what show are you watching? I was like, sorry, she's like Lisa Rinna wears like weird wigs she found in the bo- bottom of a box somewhere. Kyle is like head to toe in caftans for seasons on end. Erica has like a full Barbie doll vibe. She, I was like, Megan will fit in just fine. Like, that's not the hill I'm going to die on. These sh- oh, she's too trashy. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> what are we talking Renowned about? Renowned prestige, classy TV series, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I'm like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Finally, Connor, before I let you go, talk to me about Housewives and me and sell it to the listeners. We've already mentioned it, so I'm sure they know, but oh you've had some great <laughs> guests recently. Um, and I know anyone who hasn't listened will love it if they tune in now. Thank you. Um, so Housewives and me, the tagline I use for the show is a podcast about why we love The Real Housewives. So it's not a strict recap show where we go into like the episodes that have aired that week. We talk to guests about their particular journey with the show. So when you were on, you spoke specifically about watching Beverly Hills for the first time and what that was like. I've had guests on like Elizabeth Day, Evan Ross Katz, Katie Weaver, Samantha Mumba. So like people who watch every single city. And so when they come on, we'll talk about kind of what's happened recently on some of the big shows. Or like I said with yourself, someone who's watched maybe one or two cities. So it's a fun way to kind of get an overview. And then we ask questions like, what would your tagline be? Uh, Who would you have at your housewife's dinner party? And the funny thing about doing Housewives and Me is I have a few kind of set questions and then roughly know what I want to ask. But every single time I chat to a guest, we go off in some weird direction you don't expect. And I think it's a reminder of how this particular weird reality TV franchise just invites the kind of mad conversations that like you don't get about other shows. Like as much as I love Drag Race and other shows, like so it's a really great way to kind of just see how other people feel about the shows. You can dip in and out if you want. I think people have said to me that they may not watch every city, but they like the conversations because it's broad enough that you don't have to watch every single week to keep up. So yeah, it's just a fun way of talking about the shows in a general way with like really random specific things like an episode I put out this week with Molly and Bullshine. We talked about astrology and how that, excuse me, uh, we talked about astrology and how that like informs reality TV. And even if you're not into astrology, it's so interesting because she's talking about personality types basically and what personality types work on camera. Like, yeah, we've just, we've covered so much ground. I don't know who we are. It's just me making it in just under a year. So yeah, definitely check it out. Please check it out. You know, it's my little baby. It's my pride and joy. And we're coming up on a year doing the show. So I would love people to rate, review, subscribe, listen. They could check out your episode as a starting point. There's so much there. Absolutely. Could not recommend highly enough. That astrology episode is on my listening list for tomorrow. Because that's so interesting. Like you never, like you never think of that shit. And then when you actually say it, it's like, oh yeah. Like what makes them, do the signs have anything to do with that? Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you. No, it's Matt. It's just so fun. Like every time I do like, because I kind of like, for example, certain guests, I'm like, oh, they wrote about X. I'll ask my Y. But then like, there's always a random tangent and I don't even plan it. And I'm just like, oh my God, how, how do like with that interview with Molly Mulchan, I wanted to ask for astrology, but then it, the conversation went into the directions and then she grew up in New Jersey. And when we talked about Jersey, I ended up asking her about what New Jersey is actually like. It was just, and then we were like, God, it sounds like Ireland, Ireland and New Jersey are so similar Catholic vibes and blah, blah. Like it just, bizarre. like, it's just bizarre. Every time I do an interview, I'm just like, how did I end up having these conversations? <laughs> but that's, it's the power of reality the TV. The power of reality TV and the best kinds of podcasts, in my opinion. Con- 
Connor Ian, host of Housewives of Me, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And we will have you back whenever I finish Roni. And in the meantime, probably for Madonna, because she will do something <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, well, her Madame X concert special is coming in the next like four to six weeks. There you go. I'll, I'll, my people will call your people <laughs> just, and you'll be in. Just set up an interview there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Connor being there, as mentioned, from Housewives and Cowboy mm-hmm. Podcast. Um, he's, he said he's going to come back. Well, I'm, I've, I've accosted him and said, because I said this to you before, I want to get him on to do Madonna because no better, no better, I was going to say no better woman than Madonna, but also no, no better, better woman than Ma- Madonna, no better man than uh, Connor Bean. Um, yeah, I'm, right. I'm looking forward to the reunion, but I'm also like nervous that it actually kind of gave any of us the clue. Do you know what I mean? I'm really yeah. worried that. Don't expect too much from it, I feel like. Because the general, I don't know if you follow any of the accounts that have been posted about it, but like generally it, they, it seems to all be fairly cordial and there's people predicting kind of seating arrangements and stuff and they reckon Andy's going to go, or that Andy did go really easy on her because obviously it's been filmed already. Um, what do you think? Is she going to say anything? What's going to happen? I, I feel like with her as well, the more push, the like more she shuts down. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes easy on her because they want is for her to walk and then they have nothing. So he probably, yeah, I probably, there's probably some sort of like arrangement set up where she's like, yeah, I'll do it, but you can't ask me this, this and this. Oh man. I don't know. What a mess. What a mess. I'm glad I'm not a housewife. Exactly. Yeah. At least we're looking at it from outside, on the outside looking in. For sure. Um, Would you like some Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love some mini band so yes, Thank you. Yeah. With a side of please, sir, can I have some mini bandwagon? Bake off is back. Next Tuesday. Am I correct? Is it next Tuesday or is it the Tuesday? 21st. After? 21st. Oh my god, where have these weeks gone? That is next I know. week. I'm yeah. really excited. Um, are you excited? I could not. We were trying to think that like what time of year you'd watch Bake Off at and for some reason I can just never get my brain around I always think it's like summer June or something but it's not yeah anyway, I think I think it's because you know the way like stuff is always they film it in the summer yeah and the weather's really hot yeah I am I am looking forward to it but it has kind of crept up on me you know that kind of way I am just really looking forward to have something to watch that's not gonna stress me out yeah, actually, on that note, can I make a redaction? Is that what you say? Absolutely, yeah. Correction sure. corner. I do know last Fanula. week. We get things wrong. Okay. Remember last week, I was saying that I started Married at First Sight and I had no interest in it. Oh, yeah. I got back into it and oh my God. I'm oh, don't, no, Brie, so don't want to. Not only me. that. I literally that. did a whole, because people were like, do commentary. And I was like, no, it looks shite. Like what I've heard is shite. I am not. Don't tell me that now because I no. him to go back. So I watched the it. first episode and they do like the hens and stags and all. And Mark got really angry. He was like, this is so, this is such like fake crap. Like, can we turn it off? So we turned it off. So we had to watch, we watched all the UK episodes. I think there's like seven or eight out so far. And then we wanted more, but there's no more out. Start watching the Australian one from the beginning as well, just because he wanted to keep watching Married at First Sight. 
and like he's ne- Mark has never watched reality TV and now everyone he trains he's like are you watching Married at First Sight so I think it's just it's a slow burn to chance because it's converted the one person I actually didn't think would ever watch it I desperately wish you hadn't told me this because I just there's like there's a couple on it like Bob and Megan like there's cheating already at the vert and then there's like Bob this guy called Big Bob and he's like everything is like hey and he's just like ripping jokes and like he's all like funny man but funny is man. it just not and his why? wife is like I to punch this man in the head it's like having a son like it's oh uh, and then you just feel so bad for him because he just has the best intentions but like like she asked, basically, Mark was like, she asked for a Disney prince and they gave her the genie from Aladdin. Like, <laughs> and she just, <laughs> oh, God, it's, uh, it's so good. They, they've pulled your one Nikita though, haven't they? They have pulled your one Nikita, yeah. Your one Nikita. She um, was on um, loads of shit beforehand, I didn't realise. She was on like Your Face or Mine with her ex. She was on something. True love or true lies. She has that like personality and she like, yeah, no, like she won't be missed. She was just kind of one of those very predictable characters that was just there to pick fights of people. I don't know what happened off camera. I feel like she either got re- way too aggressive or hit someone or something. Um, no, I was I was reading stuff about it because I did it for work. I think it was just that she was like mad confrontation at a, like a dinner party for no reason. Yeah. Was, like, was yeah, it was the dinner party. like It wasn't physical, I don't think. Um, no, like, do you not yeah. think though like the, what's put me off is that I think it's gone too far the Aussie way and there's some but there's some really way more tolerable but I feel like the Aussies are like more tolerable or it's like more believable like I don't I, I yeah the I believe it as well do you believe it I do believe it the Aussies were a slow burn as well because like you're all happy happy and then like the longer the process went on the more they all started to turn on each other and turn in like on their like very few of them like panned out or whatever but now this one like there's one couple like they said I love you after days like they said I love you on their honeymoon and they were like this is it for us like this is the one we're set for life there's another couple that was like this very much Wayne Lineker character and his wife and all you me I I I and she's just there like smiling and nodding and she seems to be like mad into it and like obsessed with him but he's like He's just like, oh yeah, like we 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 went cycling and obviously I cycled a good bit faster because I'm so much fitter than her. But like, I think she had a good time too. Like he's just such an asshole and they're absolutely editing it to make him sound worse. But oh, it's just so entertaining. It's so entertaining. Um, How long is left on it? Oh, ages, I'd say. There's usually like 30 episodes or something in these. In the, but if it's anything like the Australian one, there's like fucking 20 something episodes and they're all like an hour each. So there's like, I think it's Monday to Thursday every week on Channel 4. Right, I may just So see. I watched the first two weeks of it and then I'm saving this week until the weekend so we can watch it. Um, We started watching Kin on our team. Oh yeah. It's quite That's good. Michael Fry, is, it? is it? No, you're thinking of Michael Fry as Aidan Gillen, probably. Oh, fuck. Michael sake. Fry's in he the Graham Norton time. adaptation. Aidan Gillen oh, is yeah. in it and he's terrifying as per fucking usual. It's no, I've only watched an episode, but I do, I do think it's good. It kind of intrigued me more than I thought it would, because Kane wouldn't stop going on about, it and I was like, Sh- shut the fuck is up about Kane. I actually can't be arsed. Is it a kind of Sunday night RT job? Yeah, but like, I don't watch it. I like, there's a the love hate comparison is being thrown around. I didn't watch love hate from the start. I've obviously watched bits of it, 
And I did, I do get the appeal of that. Like, like it's a drug dealing family, whatever. That's like. something you, I, I've been thinking about going back and watching from the start, but I'm just worried that it might be ruined. My memory of it might not be as it is. No, I'm pretty sure it, a lot of it still stands up, up, I think. Okay. We need to do that for the Patreon or something. Anyway, yeah. it's it's kind of like, and then someone else said Kane is like love hate, but they have money. You know, they're not like, they're like fucking criminals, mob, or mad fucking criminals. Yeah, I won't say anything in case people haven't started, but like, uh, it's it's good so far. If we have to do redacted corner again next, it's either terrible or gets a lot better. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. One of the lads okay. from Raw is in it. Oh, I can't remember who. I can't remember who he played, but I just. Probably a sexy chef. They were all sexy, sexy chefs. chefs yeah. Sorry, any other mini bandwagons? Um, I had a few, but they're kind of boring. That was better. Oh, okay. I was, like Garth Brooks, do you have any opinion? I wish he'd stop. The one thing I will say is, if the Croke Park fucking residence board turn around again and they're like, no, I'm just gonna have to be like, we, because, I, the country has been, the country has been savaged though the last two years. Like this could, like, propel the economy, the economy in a yeah, big yeah, yeah. way. I'm yeah. sure it's annoying having p- people pissing people on your doorway, but like, but like, think of the, think of the, 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 think pro- of the children. Think of the I'm just parents. like I am out totally living for the inevitable drama. Yeah, they will I be going? Them. No, I will try and buy tickets for my parents again if they still want to go. I just think yeah. like he's such a chaos merchant. Him, he Tony just Holland, loves, loves the drama of it all. He really does. He does. I'd say he will come back and I'd say he will do three nights at the three or you know (laughs) yeah or like it would like I don't will there's no way we'll get the same level of drama I just he's not a fucking idiot like you know and people have been burned before then like I feel like it's not going to sell as easily as it did before but I could be wrong I don't know I could be I don't know um anything else no that's it um buy tickets to our shows I'm not. Yeah, I'm not asking. There's, there's no. There's no preamble. Just buy. There's. T- there's tickets left. You should buy them. Person yeah. listening. Um, have, I personally have a really good idea of what we're going to do for the show. Yeah. Fanula also has really good ideas for other elements of the show. And once we sit down and merge those two things, we're, <sighs> we're going to have. Such oh, shows. <laughs> you're not ready. You're actually not going to be ready. Um. Yeah, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash bandwagons. We're bandwagons podcast everywhere on social media. Um, you can check out all our live tour dates on our website bandwagonspodcast.com and leave us a review on Apple if that's where you're listening to us now you better make sure it's nice because we're tired and sad and sleepy Um, and if you listen on Spotify make sure you follow us so you can be kept up to date on all the latest episodes this podcast has been produced by Collaborative Studios as per usual Um, and we will see you next week bye bye Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.